Hey, 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 hey. Welcome, Bills Mafia, to another episode of Bills or Bust Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Murphy, and today we are starting off our series on the history of the Buffalo Bills. And what better place to start the history of the Buffalo Bills with talking about the franchises that exist before the Buffalo Bills as we know them that came to existence in 1960. There were quote-unquote professional football programs around the Buffalo area starting in the late 19th century. These league formations were very informal. Any loose record-keeping began in 1908 with the formation of the New York Pro Football League, NYPFL for short. Teams included the Buffalo Oakdales, Buffalo Casanovias, as I remember being a golf course and park in the downtown area, the Lancaster Malleables, and my personal favorite team name ever, the Tonawanda Cardex, spelt K-A-R-D-E-X. Cardex was a company that was a heavy hitter in the index card game that was sweeping the nation in the 1910s. Such a heavy hitter, they had a suburban football program named after them. Eat your heart out, Dunder Mifflin. History becomes a little less fuzzy around 1915 with the formation of the Buffalo All-Stars. They were led by star player slash coach slash manager Barney Lepper, who was a 17-year-old athlete at the time, and co-manager Eugene Dooley. The All-Stars go on barnstorming tours, pretty much exhibition matches throughout the area and Midwest until 1917. They lost the 1916 NYPFA championship to the Tonawanda Cardex and won the city title in 1917 before the season cut short due to the start of World War I. Dooley and Leopard disbanded the All-Stars in 1919 due to the Spanish influenza pandemic that was sweeping the nation, setting the stage for local shoe salesman Warren, don't call him Al Bundy, Patterson, to form the Buffalo Niagaras. Patterson signed star QB Tommy Hewitt from the Youngstown Patricians of the Ohio League, reminiscent of the bill signing Drew Bledsoe 84 years later. The move came as most teams ceased to play due to World War I. This allowed the NYPFA to get some real street cred. Shortly thereafter, this led to the creation of the Buffalo All-Americans, Leper of Buffalo All-Star fame, teamed with Hewitt and Patterson to sell the All-Stars to Frank McNeil, who got the team into the newly formed AFPA, which stood for the American Football Players Association, which eventually turned into the NFL as we know today. McNeil created a sharing agreement with the Union Club of Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, where they combined players. The first known NFL trade actually happened during a scoreless tie between the All-Americans and Akron Pros, when the Pros sold offensive tackle Bob Nash for $300 and a 5% cut of the game admission price. The All-Americans shared the 1920 title with the Akron Pros and Decatur Staley's with no true championship game played, for whatever reason. Then came the Staley Swindle. In 1921, the Buffalo All-Americans won the title originally, but for unknown reasons, owner Frank McNeil agreed to play two more games he figured would be quote-unquote exhibition games. They had lost one of these games, 10-7, to the Staley's, with the sole Buffalo touchdown coming from the awesomely named Steamer Horning, and they won the next game versus the Akron Pros. While Staley's owner, the legendary George Hallis, ruthlessly scheduled two more games which the Staley's won, it gave them a half-game lead, giving them the championship. McNeil never accepted this, even buying gold championship footballs to give to the team. McNeil spent his whole life trying to overturn this grave injustice. 
After two so-so seasons, McNeil sold the team back to Hewitt and the shoeman Patterson in 1924, who changed the team name to the Bisons, which Buffalonians will know as the AAA baseball team that still exists to this day. The team saw little success playing against such legendarily named teams like the Rochester Jeffersons, the Providence Steamrollers, and the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, and also played against such commonly named teams as we know today as the New York Giants. Buffalo saw another name change in 1926 when player-slash-coach Jim Kendrick turned the Bisons into the Buffalo Rangers after deciding to field a team with players from Texas and the Southwest United States. This experiment failed with the Rangers only going 4-4-2. After the season, most Texas players left Buffalo citing the cold as the main factor, obviously, and Kendrick signed with the New York Giants. The Bison name returned in 1927, also with the hire of new coach Dim Batterson. Best coach name ever, by the way. Sorry, Bum Phillips. He was a local high school, college, and Buffalo assistant previously, wearing many Buffalo coaching hats. After five winless games, the team suspended operations and the season. For the next 11 years, organized football associated with the city of Buffalo more or less ceased to exist. With the exception of an exhibition game put together with the independent Buffalo Bears versus the Cleveland Indians in 1931, Buffalo hosted many neutral exhibition games from 1938 to 1958, possibly setting the stage for London, which currently hosts many neutral site games today. Buffalo re-entered the professional football world in 1940 with the Buffalo Indians joining the third AFL, led by yet another player coach named Red Seek. More season woes followed as they went 2-8 that season and renamed themselves the Buffalo Tigers, not due to any controversy of course, gotta remember this was 1941, where they were led by new coach Tiny Engerbretson. The Tigers went 2-6 before the season was suspended after the Pearl Harbor attack in December of 1941 and the start of World War II. The Tigers eventually folded before the end of World War II, and the Buffalo Bisons again formed in 1946 to join the All-America Football Conference, AAFC for short, finishing their inaugural season 3-10-1. In 1947, owner James Briel held a Name the Team contest where the city of Buffalo chose the Buffalo Bills as the team's new name in honor of the famous cowboy Wild Bill Cody. During the year, a famous barbershop quartet gained popularity with the same name, the Buffalo Bills. The team saw moderate success from 1947 to 1949 under quarterback George Ratterman. The Buffalo Bills lost the AAFC championship in 1947 versus the Cleveland Browns and finished the next two years back-to-back with 500 records. The star of the time, George Ratterman, was a 6-foot, 182-pound quarterback, a physique you wouldn't figure would fly for a quarterback in today's NFL. An interesting tidbit about his post-playing career, as he was campaigning for sheriff in Campbell County, Kentucky in 1961, he was drugged and put in bed with a stripper in an attempt at blackmail by his political opponent. The attempt backfired and was uncovered, and eventually led to him being elected sheriff. It's kind of a story that actually makes you think he does belong in today's NFL. 1949 would be the last year for these Buffalo Bills, as they were denied expansion in 1950 into the NFL, and they were not interested in joining the AFL, at the time at least. 
Potential owner Pat McGroder, a liquor store owner who must have been one of the richest men in Buffalo, attempted to buy the Bills for 10 more years. However, a certain someone was more successful in bringing football back to Buffalo. But that's a story for the next chapter of the history of the Buffalo Bills. Thank you for listening to the Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy, and let's go Buffalo! Buffalo!